welcome to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines, changing the conversation around divorce. This show is sponsored by Penguin in the Room. Penguin in the Room is an award-winning arts, marketing and social media management company. If you want to jazz up your socials and have someone Instagram and tweet for you, then here's your answer. Go to www.penguinintheroom.com. As always, hit subscribe to make sure you're updated about new episodes. And we love to hear from you on social media at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. You can also email us all the infos on our website, thedivorcesocial.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. In this episode, I speak to Yvette, who is a author and founder of Awakened Woman and she's also uh, calls herself a Latina influencer and she talks about divorce and finding self-love and overcoming abuse and difficult situations and also her relationship with her daughter and is really honest about the emotional journey she went through during her own divorce and how that encouraged her to start Awakened Woman and kind of move forward with sharing her story, I guess, just like me with the podcast. So enjoy this one. I am joined by Yvette Bowden, author and founder of Awakened Woman and host of the AW Confidential podcast. Welcome to The Divorce Social. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm really excited to chat. Me too. That's a nice start to a podcast, isn't it? We're both excited to talk to each other about divorce. Oh, one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> life-changing, life-changing. Well, it is, isn't it? So how does it feel, me saying to you that you're on the divorce social? I feel empowered. I feel like I can help others on their own journey. If, if that's something they are going through, whether and whether it's a breakup or divorce, because sometimes we've been with someone five, six, 10 years, and we're not legally married, but it's it's a relationship and a breakup is a divorce, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. You're literally divorcing yourself from all shared possessions and things like that. Exactly. So take me back to when you got divorced. Where were you in the world and your career and life? Oh, where was I? Um, 
interestingly enough, I was, I didn't know who I was. I know that I was a mother. I was very happy being a mother. I was a wife and I was, I was happy being a wife and taking care of my family. But there was a piece of me missing and it was really scary and intimidating to figure out what's next, what, who am I? That was the big question, literally on a billboard on my forehead. I had no idea who I was as an individual and as a woman. I was also a provider. I had a nine to five job. And I think I was content with that. Not overly joyed, but I was content. But part of me was lost. Do you think um, you knew at the time that you didn't know who you were? Or is that something that you've come to realize looking back now? You know, I do believe there was something amiss. I felt there was something amiss, but I couldn't pinpoint what it was, to be honest. I had no idea. Okay. Was it that feeling that led you to separation and divorce? You hit the nail on the head. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's almost this void that you feel. Um, you sort of feel like you're part of something, but on your own, you're nothing, if that makes any sense. And as I asked myself the tough questions, the relationship just got more challenging because I was asking myself really difficult questions like, who am I? What do I want? How do I see my future? Where do I fit in the puzzle of life? It, this just it's a question that comes up. And even today, I, I struggle sometimes. Um, I sort of ask myself, what is my place in this world? And it's a hard question to answer. It really is. And but it, it's almost like the beginning of an excavation, if that makes any sense. Um, so when I started asking myself those questions, it was sort of like other things kept bubbling up. And I had to face those monsters. Yeah, because I was going to say, it's a big question to be asking yourself. And I think often when we go through difficult times, you know, people might say, oh, now's not the time to be making big decisions like changing your job or getting divorced, you know. But actually, sometimes you're asking these questions and it's pointing you towards, well, this situation isn't right for me. It's, it's interesting that you said that because, you know, you sort of look at your life and you ask yourself, is this the right time? It's never really the right time, is it, to ask yourself the hard questions? And I think sometimes we even use that as a pretext, like as an, ex I don't like to use the word excuse, but it's almost like an excuse to not do the ugly work or the difficult work. How soon in that sort of situation of you feeling like something was missing, did you start to hone in on your marriage as not being right for you? The process took some time. It took about a year for it to unfold. And the more I found out about myself, the more I wanted to reserve for myself. I wanted more space. I wanted more time. I wanted to figure out who I was and 
that was going to take time away from maybe my partner, the relationship. And it became sort of a, it was like a barrier because I was asking for more. And, you know, in, in, in all fairness, he met one woman, which is, I'm all the same person, but he met one side of me and I was beginning to explore the, these other sides to me. And he was like, well, this is not the girl I met. Where is she? It was really tough. I, and I, and I, and I do empathize because when you get married, you sort of think, okay, I'm getting married to this amazing person. And she is this, you know, she's a great wife. She's a great, you know, she's a great mom. And I still was all those things, but I was also Yvette who, I don't know, liked her eggs sunny side up and not scrambled. I was Yvette who enjoyed, I don't know, um, going to the movies by myself, um, you know, listening to Bach sometimes. And, you know, I, I was all these other things. And I think when, when you're in a relationship, you sort of mesh into whatever uh, the personality of the relationship is. And you can easily lose your identity. And I wanted that identity back. I wanted to know who Yvette was. And how long had you been together before you'd got married? We were together for about three or four years before we got married. So he had time to get to know you fairly well, but as you said, this kind of other side of you. And were you open about this kind of there's something missing for you process or did it take you longer to kind of be able to vocalize it? Oh, no, it took time. Um, it, it I call myself a late bloomer. I didn't begin to use my voice until later in life. Um I was, I was afraid. I didn't want to lose him. I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to ruffle any feathers or make any waves. And I knew that if I went on this journey, I was going to change the course. And that's really hard to do. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be able to relate to that. Um, and how did it feel having this kind of secret but it's not really a secret but like something's going on just for you that your partner doesn't know about and you you're trying to work through it but obviously you don't want to ruffle feathers so you're not telling them exactly what's going on yeah it was my <laughs> I can't the only word that comes up is a personal hell um I didn't want to share what I was going through because I was afraid um I was afraid of losing him so I did begin therapy because I needed help. Um, something was going on and I, and I knew something uh, was changing and I needed help to figure out the tools that I needed um, to sort of uncover whatever was going on within. And how old were you at the time? Did people sort of say, oh, are you having a midlife crisis or a young 20s? crisis I wasn't in, no um gosh how old was I uh I was about 30 I want to say 38 so wasn't a it wasn't quite a midlife crisis 
um, I think it was just years of being a chameleon. Um, I sort of adapted different personalities depending on who I was in a relationship with. And it, you know, everything catches up to you. And I think it caught up to me. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we don't sort of get that time in that, you know, in your teenage years when you start thinking, oh, sexual things happen and maybe I want to do some of those with some other people, then you're straight away into this kind of building relationships, whether they're short or long. And we never really have that time unless it's forced upon us, you know, like my single years when no one would date me. Um, you know, there's unless we're given that time by some outside factor, we don't have that time to go, oh, actually, who am I? What do I want from a relationship? What what do I value in in other people? What do I value in romantic relationships? And it's actually so important. And I feel you know, it sounds like you, but I've learned a lot since my divorce of all of that, which I totally should. Well, I can say should, but shoulda, woulda, coulda, but which I totally wish I'd learnt or worked out before I got married. I feel like there should be marriage classes that like take you through it all before you sign on the dotted line. Absolutely. You know, I, I think you you made it such a great point. We're and I and I do believe that it has to do with society. We're sort of, you know, born into a society that puts pressure on us. We have to be married by a certain age. We have to have a baby by a certain age. We, you know, it, it's all these pressures. And I think if we add to that our own history, we learn a lot of, we learn our role from our parents. And I think you know, you look at your parents and, and maybe how, you know, for example, what your mom was like in the relationship and you sort of, you believe growing up that that's what it's supposed to look like. And I think you're right. We should have classes and we should, I don't think we should get married until we're at least, I don't know, thirties, forties, um, I'd say forties, because we need to first learn about who we are before we can give anything to anyone else. And I would say that that's one of, you know, the most important lessons I've learned. I can't give someone else what I don't have. And, and if I don't know who I am, how am I supposed to, you know, enter a relationship in a healthy whole way? Um, and of course, looking back. Um, but I, I agree, we should have classes. And you said you kind of learn from your parents. And I think that's an interesting one, especially for parents listening who might be thinking about getting divorced, because quite often I hear from people that kind of want to stay together for their children. Or I guess if, if we're learning from our parents, then learning that if you're not happy, you should get out of a, of a situation is a good lesson. And I think for me, my, my parents are divorced and I, I, you know, I had this conversation with my dad as an adult. I felt that they stayed together too long. And when I asked them, well, why did you stay together? 
we stayed together for you, for the kids. And I didn't, you know, just having my own life and going through my own challenges in my marriage, I didn't want to end up um, in such a, um, an unstable place like my parents did. I, I wanted to get out before um, anyone got hurt. And I think we, one of the things that we always promised each other was in the midst of all the turmoil was, you know, we put our daughter first. And if we do that, you know, then the decisions that we make will be healthier. We truly believe that. Um, did it take time? Did it take therapy? Did it take, you know, <laughs> all the willpower in the world? Absolutely, it did. And if I had to do it again, I'd do it the same way. When did you reach this decision of you need a divorce? And then how did you approach that? Well, it, it, like I said, it took time. Did it, did it take like a year or more than, more than that? It took more than a year. Um, there was a separation and um, we lost our connection. We had an amazing, what I thought was an amazing friendship. Um, and, I, and I do still think that that's what saved us, the friendship part, um, that we lost our connection as a couple. Um, there was no longer that um, sort of romantic love. Um, and well, I, I mean, everyone's different, but I felt once you lose that, um, it, it's not, it's not a fizzling out. It's more of a, we know this is over, you know, after so many arguments, after wear and tear, something, something dies in you. And I, I do have to say that the romantic love died, but the friendship love didn't. And it has taken years to sort of revive that friendship. For a while, it was just business. It was literally, you know, co-parenting and it was efficient. And sometimes we agreed to disagree. Um, but out of that mourning, that grieving, that healing came the, the friendship love. So it wasn't an entire loss. And when do you think in the process, because you said you had that friendship love, but then for a few years it was business. When do you think in the process you lost the friendship love and went into business? <laughs> right after I said I'm filing for divorce, it was literally, it was a switch. And I think that happens for a lot of couples. You sort of say, okay, this is the end. You don't want to be with me anymore. Okay, let's, you know, let's get to business. It's a switch. Well, and also it could be like a self-protection thing, couldn't it? Because I remember I was like, I spoke to my ex a little bit after we'd first separated and we were still messaging and stuff. And then I was like, actually, do you know what? I just need that full separation. I need to not talk to them so that, you know, I can start healing and doing this. Well, we, we had a, we have a child. Yeah. So it, it, that change, that's a whole different game because you have to see this person. Um, our daughter was four when we were separated. 
So there was a lot of work to do and she had to be the focus. So no, I can just cut all ties. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Ding dong, it's the ad break. This podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, an award-winning company that can manage your business's social media. They even manage our podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Just email info at penguinintheroom.com for a quote. Also, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can by buying merchandise from our website, www.thedivorcesocial.com. Ding dong. Uh, you mentioned there you said, I'm filing for divorce. How did you tell your other half finally what was going on with you? And did you plan it? Well, one, did I plan? I didn't have a big master plan. I, I honestly, when I got married, I, and no one gets married planning for divorce, but I did have the dream of, you know, side by side rocking chairs and, you know, growing old together. I really did. Um, but there were, there were certain things that I always had in place because you never know. I remember growing up, my mother was very adamant about always making sure you take care of yourself. So I remember she sat with me one day and she said, you know, no matter what happens, you always have a backup. You always have money in the bank. You always have a separate account. There are certain things that a woman should have because you just never know. And at the end of the day, whether you're married or not, at least 90% of the responsibility of having a child falls on the, on the mom. So you have to be prepared because you never know. So I had some savings. I was certain beyond a doubt that it, things had ended and it was time to have that conversation. And it was probably one of the most difficult conversations I've ever had because there was, I was in pain. I was in a lot of pain, but it was either the pain of leaving or the pain of staying. The woman that he married was part of me but it wasn't all of me. And 
you know, I remember him saying, I, I want that girl back. I said, I can't, I can't give you that. You know, she, she's part of me, but I've evolved. And we just couldn't get past that. And do you think it was a complete shock to him? Or did he have an inkling something was coming? I think it might have been a bit of a shock, I think. I've learned so many, so many lessons throughout the process, but I think one of the things that I've learned is that when you're in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship, you have to give your partner the space to evolve. And it doesn't mean that they're going to love you any less. It doesn't mean they're a different person. Um, it just means that they're evolving into who they're meant to be. And they're all different parts to us, aren't there? It's not just one, you know, this one-sided human being. We have so many aspects of us. And I think that's what keeps it interesting. And I guess over time, you know, we're all going to evolve, aren't we? So it's reciprocal, hopefully. Absolutely. So you had this really difficult conversation you expressed that you were filing for divorce. Um, and then what happens like practically? Did you move out? Did he move out? Did you both move out? He moved out first. Um, I waited until my daughter finished um, school and then I moved out. I find I, I found it extremely painful to stay in the same place where we both lived. I think I needed a fresh start. And that he was he was really good about. He understood that I needed that fresh fresh start that we both did, I think. It gave us a little bit of space. We didn't live close to each other. We put some space in between. And I think that helped. But it it was it was hard. It was hard. Um because you're you're grieving you know, not just an old, an old life in, or in an old you, you're grieving, I don't know, even the dreams that you have change. Yeah, we talk about that in quite a few episodes of the podcast, that this idea that you, this plan you had for your life is suddenly gone because half of it, that person is gone. And that's, you know, very hard to grieve in itself, let alone with the other stuff. So what, so you were in this fresh space. What do you think helped you at that time during that grieving process? My daughter. I went through a really bad depression. The only reason I got out of bed was because of her. I remember oh, like it was yesterday. Um, we were in our new place and there, we we agreed she would spend weekends with him, weekdays with me. We would co-parent together. And I remember one weekend he had an event, so she stayed home. I used to spend Saturday, uh, Monday to Fridays, I have to work. Bills still have to get paid. <laughs> um, but I remember one Saturday she was home. She came into my room. She must have been, I think she was five or six. I'll say six, maybe. And I was in bed, the blinds were closed, the curtains were closed, it was one o'clock. Um, and she came into my room and she says, mommy, it's so dark in here. Can you just get out of bed, please? 
I'm hungry. And I, the next day I called the therapist again and I said, I, I need, I need help. I have to, I have to figure this out. Um, I can never tell that story without getting emotional. It changed my life. And what, what about that story makes you emotional? What's the feeling that you have? I feel like, um, I feel like just having her saved me because I was, I was just so sad. Um, I was grieving. I was mourning. When you refer to grieving and mourning, you think about someone that's passed or someone, you know, you've lost. But divorce is a loss in many ways. And, you know, I wrote about it in my book. I went through the, the different stages of grief and I could, you know, break them down. I went through the anger. I went through the denial. I went through the depression. And, you know, I'm grateful because I came out on the other side of that into acceptance and I'm a better person for it. I'm a stronger person for it. And I believe there's joy after divorce. I do. And I think there is forgiveness because I'm here and, you know, I'm grateful every day that He's still in my life in a different way, but he's still in my life. He gave me my daughter. That was a gift. So I don't regret it. I totally agree that there's joy after divorce too. So you said you had that period of depression where you were so sad and then you called your therapist and were like, I need help with this. What did you then do to get yourself out of that depression did because I take anxiety medication still take it now um did you take medication did you up your therapy sessions did you go to the gym did you meditate like were there practical stages that you took that's a great question um exercise was hands down one of the things that was key for me of course I lost I think I went down to about 80 pounds I, I mean I lost so much weight um, but exercise was absolutely one thing. Um, music was a lifesaver for me. I had a playlist that, you know, sort of went from, I don't know, from Evanescence to uh, Mary J. Blige, Britney Spears. I mean, you name it, all the, you know, strong women. Um, and I, had a serious conversation with my therapist. She said, do you, you know, she, she asked me three questions. I can't, I can't tell you exactly what they are. I can't remember all of them, but I actually included it in my book. But one of them was, do you feel your harm to yourself? Do you feel your harm to her? Are you able to get up and go to work and, and function? Um, I think that's what she covered. And I was able to get up and go to work. I was not a harm to myself or to her. And she said, okay, I can, you know, prescribe something that's, you know, a low dose or we can have more therapy sessions. And 
I felt comfortable with more therapy um, and just continuing the routines of, you know, helping myself because I think that was, that was huge. If, if, you know, you can't just depend on the therapy, you can't just depend on medication. You have to do things for yourself as well, whether it's meditation, whether it's, um, you know, the exercise, the, you know, I think therapy, there's a lot of therapy in music. It's huge. Um, so I opted to just increase my therapy sessions and I am ending just, I'm an advocate. I, I think therapy, um, may not work for everyone, but it does work with the right person. Yeah, I think so too. I think my therapy when I was kind of recovering from my divorce was so useful and since as well I'm now in a new relationship and I feel like it healed so much in me like I I don't know if I would be in a new relationship if I hadn't had therapy um I like I like that you said about music that it's like therapy what did you do with your strong woman playlist did you like blast it in the car were you like dancing around the house with it in the shower like what's what was your go-to? I carried that playlist everywhere. I mean, it's on, it's on, it was on my phone. I listened to it as loud as I could in, you know, in the car, uh, you know, on the train at home when I was cleaning on Saturdays, um, in the morning, just to get me going. Um, I, I don't know. It just, it gave me energy. It really did. Did you have one standout song? <laughs> I won't say I will survive because (laughs) that song was not on my playlist. (laughs) I would say there's a song by Evanescence called, um, I think it's called Bring Me to Life. Yeah, Um, I know it. it, It's like being reborn for me. I love that song. And do you, when did you stop listening to the playlist or do you still bring it out occasionally now? a few there's a few songs that I still listen to but do you feel that you don't need the full playlist in the way that you did before I yes I you know as I've evolved so has my strength so has my wisdom so just like you know I've evolved my playlist has evolved the playlist to my life for sure nice and what about your friends during that time? Were they kind of there for you? Was there anything they did that was particularly good or bad at that time? You know, it's really interesting. So you go through something like this um, life-changing event. And I had I had a good circle of friends. But no matter how good your friends are. It's some, it's a part of your journey that you have to walk alone. No one can really give you that strength. It has to come from you. And that's one of the reasons I started the platform because I felt, although I had friends, I felt alone. That pain that I was carrying, it made me feel very alone. It made me feel like there was no one who could understand what I was going through. And I started the platform because I thought about all these women who were going through the same thing and maybe couldn't share their story or maybe couldn't 
or maybe didn't have anyone to talk to. And I thought about maybe I should, you know, write this book and write these stories. And if one woman can be helped from my story, then it's worth telling. Definitely. And so was that quite a cathartic process for you? Because I know starting this podcast for me was was originally a way for me to like connect with other people with similar experiences but I've learned so much through it and it's been it's like a form of therapy or something it's my exercise is doing a podcast (laughs) absolutely um you know the book took a couple years to write it was extremely painful And writing is rewriting, so you have to read it and write it and rewrite it. So you go over your story many times over. So there was um, there was a wine shop that made quite a bit of money during my writing process. (laughs) Um, But it was I call it gosh, I'm sorry to say this, but I call it vomiting on a page. It's literally just like a purge. It's it is a purge. You just let it all out and obviously it goes through many rewrites because you you do become aware that the whole world will be reading it but it's a purge and it's it is helpful to um even journal when you write your emotions and write how you're feeling and what you've been through it is a way to heal it helps a lot Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm an author, but I've not done a book about divorce. Um, I've written two children's books and another book about deafness because I'm deaf in one ear. But even for me, kind of that process of journaling, you know, if if someone doesn't want to write a book, that's okay. But still writing it down um, can be so useful. And also for me, I found you know, I'm not, I'm not very good at sticking to rules, even ones that I've set myself. So I was like, I'm going to write in my journal every day and then didn't do it. But even the days that I did write, I could then the next time I went to write, look back and read them and also be like, oh, look how far I've come because I was feeling that then. And now that's passed. Absolutely. I think it's interesting because I, I've been journaling since I was 14 of course, those years have been burned, but um, so you're a bit more committed than me. Then that's good. <laughs> but I, I, I go back and and you know, um, even now that I think about it, which my friends thought I was crazy, I kept a journal for a couple years during my marriage, and I remember when I was packing, I found the journals and I read back, and. It's amazing the changes, the evolution that you see in just your thought process and your behavior. And, you know, it's, it's, it's painful, but at the same time, it's a beautiful process. And have you kept all your journals that you've written over the years? Yeah. I've kept some. There are some that ha- that were burned because, <laughs> but there are some. There are some. <laughs> well, if you ever become a stand-up comedian, because I'm a comedian as well, then that is perfect for material. 
just whip out your earliest journal and it'll be comedy gold I'm sure I have to remember that (laughs) I mean I you know I I can think about it now and laugh but (laughs) thankfully we're we're that that stuff is behind us (laughs) so um so earlier you said we learn from our parents so what do you think your daughter has learned from your divorce experience and your relationship with your ex now I know the one thing that and we talk about this she is now in college but just owning who she is whoever comes into her life should accept all of her not just parts of her so it's really important that she learn who she is so when she you know when that time comes that she gets into a serious relationship she knows who she is and you know whoever she joins her life with will accept all of her i think that is huge yeah that is huge it's a good lesson to learn from your mom absolutely and how do you feel now about having your ex still in your life obviously still co-parenting no matter how old they get um you said before you don't regret it because you still have him as a friend how is that relationship now that you've both moved on a little we're friends i'm blessed um it it took time to get there but you know we get together some holidays all of us as a family uh family is different things to different people and we are still part of each other's family. Um, Sometimes I have dinner with him and his wife and their kids. Now that my daughter's off to college, um, we're we're really, um, we're one family. Just so happens that her parents aren't together, but you know, (laughs) sometimes I'll have some issue at home and I'll say, hey, can you help? I need your advice. (laughs) You know, my sink is clogged. What do I need to do? (laughs) (laughs) But um, I can tell you that I know if I was in a pickle or I was sick or I really needed him, I could call him and he'd be there. And that says a lot. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if there are many people that be able to say that about their ex-husband. So did you say you have dinner with him and his wife, even when your daughter's not there? Yeah. I'm astounded by this level of of friendship. (laughs) We have a lot of fun though. (laughs) Good. Wow. I can't imagine doing that with my ex. It's a blessing. And, you know, we went, I remember over the summer, we went out one night and, you know, we had a few drinks and um, I remember the waitress came over and she looked at me. She goes, are you his wife or are you? His? You know, she says to his wife, or are you his wife? And he looks at the waitress. He says, that's my wife. That's my ex-wife. We're all friends. <laughs> the waitress came over. She brought shots. She said, I have to just, you know, get, commend you. These shots, this round is on me. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it's something to celebrate for sure. <laughs> yeah, she'd probably never seen anything like it. She's like, what's going on? <laughs> well, that's nice. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. And how do you think you got to that point? Like for anyone listening who's like, oh my God, I want that. How do you get to that point when you're starting to co-parent again? 
as hard as it is and as challenging and impossible as it may seem, I think eliminating egos on both sides is the only way. Um, you know, there were times where I had to turn the other cheek. There were times when he had to turn the other cheek. We, you know, we weren't nice to each other all of the time. In fact, it took years to get here. Um, but I think, you know, sort of setting aside the ego and remembering, you know, this was at one point the love of my life. He gave me my daughter. And anger makes you say really nasty things. But I think if you can tap into what you had and the reason why he or she came into your life, I think if you sort of lean on that, maybe over time you'll soften up and let him in or let her in. That's the yeah. only way. I feel like it would take a lot of healing before you could do that. But yeah, after oh, that. years, years of yeah. healing. <laughs> um, and so you wrote your book and you have a podcast as well. Why have you called both of them Awakened Woman? Because I feel that divorce awakened the woman in me, the woman I'm meant to be. And I think we all have one of those, at least one. <laughs> I think throughout life we had we have more than one awakenings but the divorce did awaken the woman because I I believe during my marriage I was I was a girl I was a girl who fell in love and wanted you know the prince the castle and divorce changed me for life it's changed me for the better. I love that awakening. Although the awakening sounds a bit like a creepy film, doesn't it? But I, <laughs> it does. the idea of awakening, I feel like I was awake and then I was asleep for a bit, like Sleeping Beauty maybe in like a glass coffin. And then I woke up again. And I was like, woo. <laughs> a hibernation I, we, we, I had. We tend to doze off during our lifetime. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> We need like a nice cup of coffee to get things going again. That's right. Well, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed our conversation and I just hope it helps anyone who's, you know, started the journey or is already, you know, in the midst of the journey. It's, I think the important thing to remember is there is joy after divorce. It totally is. I'm going to title the episode with that because I love that. There is joy after divorce. Um, can you remind us about your podcast and your book, please? The book is on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. It's called A Journey to Becoming the Best Self. The podcast is the AW Confidential Podcast. And the platform is awakened-woman.com. Amazing. But thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to The Divorce Social with me, Samantha Baines. Please leave us a review. Please, please. Um, It would be super nice. They're lovely to read. They keep me cheery and happy and keep me going. Uh, But also it affects our listing in the podcast charts, uh, which are very important because that's how more people find the podcast. And I'd love to help more people get through those really tough heartbreak and divorce times. And they're more likely to find us if we're higher up on the charts. So if you'd like to leave a review, I'd love you forever. You can leave them on iTunes is the big one or most podcast platforms do them as well. I'll take all the reviews you've got to give. You can also uh, get in contact on Twitter and Instagram at DivorcePod and at Samantha Baines. We have a website, thedivorcesocial.com and we have a Patreon account, which means that you can support the podcast for as little as £2 a month and it helps me with all the admin costs. It also means you have access to our 90 style divorce and heartbreak chat room and there's lots of exclusives on there, little bits of audio that you don't get in the main podcast and some giveaways as well. So I'd love to see you over on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Samantha Baines and please leave a review. Did I say that already? Please leave a review. Love you forever.